What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, August 23rd, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside... Imran Khan. Imran, Imran Khan, just just a man. Yeah. Just a man. Just nope. a man. I'm unaffiliated. Unaffiliated. I, I am the venom snake of video game journalism. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah that's a good title to take yeah. on. Uh, so, quiet week for you, Imran? Yeah, not a whole lot happened this week. <laughs> very, very, like, just kind of chill, play some Fire Emblem, not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's definitely, I imagine you've definitely had some chill days now. <laughs> There's a lot different than, so, of course... Uh, not a, not a, not an unexpected week for you. Is right. that correct? Uh, yes. you, you, you've been on the show many times, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Mm-hmm. You've been on many a Kind of Funny product, uh, but you were always Game Informers. Yes. Imran Khan. Now, just Imran Khan. Just unaffiliated, yeah. Yeah. How's that feel? Okay, so if I were, it's a, going to be a weird thing now, because obviously this is a, a very comedy-oriented show. Mm-hmm. But... Well, first off, we get serious all the time, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm not making light at all of the yeah, fact no, that no, you got I, laid off, yeah. But... It's one of those things, like, there was, the Game Informer show came out last night, and I watched it, and the first five, five minutes were Andy McNamara talking about the layoffs that, like, uh, seven of Game Informer staff, including me, were let go. Yeah. And I ended up watching that two or three times, like, just oh, the first ten minutes, because you could tell Andy was barely holding back his emotions, and I, when I was thinking about what I would say here, I wondered if I was going to be able to do the same thing. Yeah. Because... In some respects, it's a job. It's one sure. of those things of you go in, you do your work, you get paid, and that's that's what video game journalism is. But when you get your dream job, and Greg, I think you can attest to this too, it feels different. It feels like it's you kind of wrap it up into your identity a little 100%. bit. Hundred percent. Yeah. And when you that gets pulled away from you, when it's not by your choice, it's it's hard to really put into words how that feels. Sure. And I, to be clear, I'm not the only one who feels that way today. There. Elise Favis, uh, Jeff Marchiafava, J.V. Gwaltney, Matt Burtz, Kyle Hilliard, they are all incredible people. Mm. They are, I've had such the amazing honor of working with them for the last two years. And if you're retiring, hire them. They are are amazing reporters and journalists and feature writers. And honestly, like, I want to, I could spend the next two hours bragging about how amazing it was to work with those people. But I've, with that little loss of identity, mm-hmm. I spent the last couple of days kind of going like, so what do I do now? Because I worked so hard at this. I spent two years trying to transform Game Informer into a news outlet. Sure. And it's been kind of a thing the last couple of days of trying to play a video game and be like, I don't, this doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. what? Ma- I, I want to go back and do my job and that's, I can't because there are people who made decisions way above my head that whether they knew what I did or not, they ultimately I was a number. Sure. And thinking about that kind of depresses me more. So sure. I, I made a tweet yesterday where I, a couple of years ago, I framed the very first issue of Game Informer I was ever published in. Mm-hmm. And I put it up in my wall in my apartment and I moved recently. So I had not put up my pictures yet. And that was one of the things that had not gone up yet. And yesterday as I was putting stuff up, I'm like, does this go up again? Is this a thing? Sure. And I spent maybe, honestly, just like an hour just kind of cruising the internet, like thinking about it. And, and I saw Andy on the podcast. I'm like, okay, yeah, I should, I should put this up because whether or not it's still me, whether or not I'm, my identity is still wrapped up in Game Informer, that is still a rich part of my history. And I'm glad I got to do it. Sure. I mean, you're on a 
crash course of emotions here, yeah. right? That I can only imagine. You know what I mean? I remember when layoffs came through IGN in particular, and not to you know name drop or anything, but like when the round came that eliminated Ryan Clements, mm-hmm. like I was wrecked that day, right? I I couldn't hold it together that day. I was just sobbing all day long because Ryan and I had been together for so long. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we were separated by three months in terms of joining IGN, and so to have what you're talking about happen, right? Where it wasn't pair or whoever I what Casey Lynch maybe or Steve Butts whoever the boss was at, at that time being like you're not doing a good job you have to go right they weren't right. firing him it was what you're talking about the overarching the people who are pulling the strings of a million different companies up there being like you have to eliminate this much of your workforce and it goes down that ladder and then it eliminates somebody who to me was so key right and made up what my day-to-day experience was and what my definition of IGN was right mm-hmm. to have that ripped out from underneath me, me as a friend as a colleague not to be the person even to lose it right yeah and even for us kind of funny leaving ign right like i was the ign guy right (laughs) (laughs) i was the guy banging the drum for ign and waving the flag and going every show i possibly could to represent ign and show that like it was people behind the scenes and yada 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 and so that was a, a real for me personally an identity thing of leaving and then starting kind of funny and then still trying to intro show and say Greg from IG. You know, I mean, I still struggle not to say that. Like, I mean, I've been having a thing the last couple of days of like, for the last two years, every time I say Game Informer, there's a like a synapse fires my brain mm-hmm. of, oh, this is a thing about us. So I should pay attention to whatever this says. Yeah. And now it's like, I see that stuff and I don't know what to do with it. Per, like, is this information that's relevant to me? Yeah. Like, there, I've, for the last couple of years, I've had this morning ritual of I wake up, I look at my phone, I start scrolling through my gaming feeds and like, okay, what's the news today? What's on Twitter? What is at Nibble posting today, like what news? <laughs> You're like, okay, well, I'm going to add this to my WordPad document for later, later today. And part of it is, you know, that thing was my baby for two years of, I put, I would average about 50 stories a week. Jesus. Which is a lot. Yeah. Just because I wanted to make sure that everyone, like, Game Informer became a place for news. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. now I don't know what to do with that information. And it's, that's been, I think, kind of the hardest thing for me is who am I if I'm not. Imran from Game Informer, the news editor. So it's it's still a thing I'm figuring out. Yeah, well, again, <laughs> this wasn't a move you planned, right? Yes. That's the thing. Even it wasn't with... a thing anyone planned. Like, literally minutes before the, the firings came down, I was talking with Ben Hansen, who was our video produ- our producer, and he's like, hey, yeah, today we're going to Skype in, we're going to have you talk about Gamescom news. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that I'll, you know, I'm going to clean up my apartment a little bit, and then yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. Like, so I, c- I can be on camera, and, you know, we'll talk about that today. And I started, like, researching the stuff, and I get the messages of, hey, people are being pulled into the office. Like, we need to, like, are you okay? And that's the only thing I, I the other wrinkle, I think, that maybe if you're not following the story closely, you know, the inner workings of Game Informer, right? Like, yeah. you're, you live in San Francisco. Game yeah. Informer is in Minnesota. So, yeah. and I, like, how many, I don't, and I don't know this even, how many of the people who were laid off alongside you, were they all in Minnesota? Not, yes. I know some of them were on vacation, some of them were at Gamescom, but mm-hmm. they were all else in, like. Everyone was, like, local, or local to yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing of, I know plenty of people who work from home, right, and are in long-distance relationships with a company and stuff. Mm-hmm. To have this come down, and then for you to be out here on your own, yeah. right, to not have, like, like it, don't get me wrong, it doesn't make it easier to be like, well, let's go get a beer tonight, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it does make it somewhat easier to be able to go talk to your co-conspirators on all this stuff of what just happened. Yeah, like, I was, I mean, thankfully, actually, you were there for me. It's that's like, w- shortly after, like, this happened, I, I talked to you, yeah. and, like, the very first question out of your mouth was, are you okay? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to answer that question, but sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, 
you and I recently became neighbors, yeah. like neighbors ish, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think last week we were taught, we went to dinner with you and Jen. Yeah. And it was, it was very nice to have that, like, support system of other game journalists that I kind of understand. That's one of the things I've been thinking about the last couple of days, too, is people tend to see game journalism as, like, a monolithic thing of, like, anybody can sort of do this, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, if it's your dream to do it, like, absolutely go do your best to make that happen. But, I don't think a lot of people realize how much personality is tied into it. Mm. And when you see like Game Informer lose seven people, that's not just seven people who produce content. It's seven people who produce like amazing features and all that stuff. Like I know exactly the kind of content Elise Favis would write about telling lies. Yeah. Because like I've read her review beforehand and I know what she was thinking and I know everyone's voice from that thing. And the fact that, that con- those voices are no longer in Game Informer is probably the biggest tragedy of all like obviously everyone's losing income and they're losing like jobs and identities and stuff like that and yeah. but from a wider game journalism thing these voices are important and i was very proud the last couple of years that like game informer was getting younger and more diverse and <laughs> i i don't think i've told this story before but the first time i met porty <laughs> I think I started on Twitter. I started petting him, and he immediately just started peeing. And he doesn't do that often anymore. So it was a bad first impression for you while you're trying to get a I demo of creature in the well. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Jen did not think it was hilarious. No, well, she, you know, she's trying to be a professional yes. once or twice in her life. And I just... was laughing my ass off. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Game Informer. It was growing more diverse, younger, and like having people kind of accuse me like, oh, you put a lot of your agenda in news, and like. Yeah, that was our, that was our voice. We were trying to make a voice for Game Informer, and not everyone appreciated that. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm very proud of where that magazine has come in the last couple of years. Well, I mean, it's one of those. You know, uh, you should be yeah. first and foremost. Uh, to what you're talking about, one of the reasons I loved Game Informer news, whether you wrote it or somebody else wrote it, right, was the our take at the end, mm-hmm. right? I think that. That, obviously, with Kind of Funny Games Daily is what I, I like to think we do, is that we're obviously bringing you the news you can get anywhere else, but then hopefully we're giving you some kind of commentary at it, right? right. Like, you can you can read any site and find out what, you know, uh, what's the first story here, or like PlayStation and the Uncharted movie, right? That's going to be on everybody's site, all quoting Deadline, or, yeah. or The Hollywood Reporter. We get it. But when you come here, I hope I'm giving you some, or we are giving some sort of analysis into yeah. what's going on. It's so like to have that in a written form was unique. And it was a reason that even if I read a story on IGN, GameSpot, you name it, I'd go to Game Informer to see what the take was more than I'd go to see the news again. Yeah, context was always like one of the things I always tried to push for that thing of I want people to understand what the path to this news factoid is. Yeah. And most of the time I succeeded, hopefully higher than 90%. But yeah, I, I'm so grateful for like I, i'm grateful for all the fans and all the readers and all of that over the last couple of years and i know i speak for everyone at game informer when i say thank you so much for being there for us for reading for listening for watching our video content and for honestly all that great messages kind of funny best friends have been particularly supportive it's on it blunted a very sharp edge for us this week that people were there for us and i very much appreciate it and so does everyone else uh, there were a million uh, lovely comments sent in to you for the mailbag. I pulled uh, two questions from them. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Annabelle just writes in and says, Hey, Imran, 
I and the rest of the kind of funny best friends were heartbroken to hear about what happened to you, you and the Game Informer and family. So what's next for you? Are you going to join a podcast network, work for a different video game website, paper magazine, create your own shows on Twitch slash YouTube? Whatever happens, all the best friends are here to support you and the people hurt by GameStop stupidity. And we all can't wait to see what you, you amazing games journalists will do next. Now, you've had all of four days, right? You've got it figured out. You know what's next? I mean, I just signed a lease, so I have to be able to go a little longer. <laughs> okay. But in terms of what's next, I like I, when that happened, the first thing I did was DM you. Yeah. I was like, hey, Greg, can we talk soon? Sure. And we had a talk the other day. I had lunch. We, Tim and I had lunch with you the very next day. Yeah. So... Do we want? How do we want to? You're already doing it, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to officially welcome you aboard as a co-host for Kind of Funny Games Daily and the Kind of Funny Games Cast. Thank you. No problem. No, you're uh, an amazing voice <laughs> in the industry. Uh, we love you. You know that. We think you do great work. Uh, it's funny, you know, when we had gone to dinner, we started to, like before this. It was even yeah. a whisper in the wind. We started having that conversation of like, well, what do you, what do you want to do one day? You know, you know like, Game Form's great, and I know that's awesome. Blah blah blah. But like far flung future, and I was yes. kind of laying out where we think we're going on stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so this all happened a lot quicker than I think any of us anticipated. I agree. <laughs> and, but I mean, it is that normal thing of I don't. I, I, you know, fate, karma, God, whatever you want to call it, right? But like the fact that, all right, cool, Andrea's leaving. God, that's two shows and a spot on Gamescast for us to fill. We can do this. We can do that. I'd love to get in. I'd love to, you know, and like for mm-hmm. it to actually happen where you're like actually available. Like we'd love to bring you on the co-hosting uh, platform there. Put mm-hmm. you in the likes with Gary Witta and Fran Mirabella. Andrea, whenever she comes up from LA. Yeah, definitely like very hallowed halls with an honor to be hosting with all these really incredible people. Yeah. And like you and I have known each other for about a year. And I think we met for the first time at last year's tournament. Yeah, that's right. I met a lot of people at last year's PAX tournament, which was crazy. And I didn't even get to talk to most of you. <laughs> it was literally like, thanks for doing this. I got to get up there and do the thing. Like literally the first time I met you, you like get, or hugged me from behind. Is like, hey, we just met. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. Kind of, that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. I don't have boundaries. I don't understand boundaries well. But yeah, it was like I'm very glad to be here. I'm very happy. Hey we're we're obviously this is the shittiest way for it to happen. Yes. But we're so happy that we have a platform. Thanks to you. Kind of yeah. funny. Best friends and your support, whether it be watching a video, listening to podcasts, being on Patreon that we can, you know, yeah. expand and bring on new hosts and do different things like this. And stuff. You guys are absolutely an incredible community. And I'm really I'm hoping that I can, you know, be entertaining for you guys and we can talk about video games because that's what I love doing. See, I can cover the entertainment. You just have to be smart. Okay. And I, that's what we don't have enough around here. Right, Bear? <laughs> <laughs> we're so dumb. Uh, but I'll, to nanobiologist question outside of that is that I always stress. Like being a co-host on kind of funny, right? Being mm-hmm. one of the, the contractors, the part-timers, whatever you want to call them means that we pay you peanuts. <laughs> we do not pay you what we, you're worth, but you're able to pimp whatever and be part of the family and we can, you know, connect you, whatever. What do you have? You started thinking, are you going to be freelancing more? Are you going to still be, are you pitching right now? Like articles and things? I'm going to be freelancing for a couple of months at least. Uh, we'll see where that goes. I like, I've talked to a couple of editors who have been very nice and very supportive, especially like it's a weird thing when you're firing as part of the news. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when you cover the news, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so like a lot of people know, like, oh, they're look, they know all this like really amazing talent has like come into the, like into the ether now. Yeah. So people are like coming to me for freelance opportunities, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I will be doing other things as well as doing this and we'll see where all that goes. Probably start streaming on Twitch a lot more. Cool. And I probably need to think of a new switch or Twitch name because mine is currently GI Imran. Yeah, that gets you. Yeah. Unless I want to change it like gra- gastrointestinal Imran, it's going to have to change. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I like that gimmick. <laughs> I like that gimmick right there. Just like a picture in picture of like x-rays going on. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we'll see. Um, I will 
follow my Twitter feed and I'll make sure people well, I will you'll make be sure able to talk about it on this show. You'll be able to talk about it on this show. Because it was yeah. the same thing when we were talking with you in uh, lunch with Tim, right? Of just like well, yeah, Andrea is leaving sometime in the middle of September. We'll have to check the dates. But there's always like the rant and like, oh, sure enough, there's like, I have mean, three things next week, two things the week after. There's yeah. all these different things. Like, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to tell everybody what you're doing here. Yeah, I will definitely be coming down a lot. Also, my favorite rom, or udon place is not far from here. Oh, like, really? it's, a, it's a walking distance from here. Is it the mall one? Yes. Oh, wow. I've never been there. I've heard good things. You should go. It's amazing. Oh, we, sure. we got plenty of lunches coming up for yeah. us. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, this works out perfectly because I can just come here and then go kill myself with udon. Perfect. Yes. That's what. That's the kind of funny way, isn't it? <laughs> well, Imran, welcome aboard. Thank, Thank you. you. It's a pleasure to have you. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us... Wait, hold on, I did that part. No, yeah, then tune in to watch. I, here's the thing. I, I go to the place next door for my coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And I get the iced coffee. And then they've been putting cold brew cubes in the iced coffee now. So I can see through time right now. <laughs> uh, then tune in to watch us record the show live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. There's a bunch of it. Uh, there's a Batman stream Sunday noon, twitch.tv slash games. It is myself and Barrett Courtney. Yeah. Barrett is going to play through Batman Arkham Asylum, the entire game in honor of the game's 10th anniversary. Best Batman Arkham game, I think. Damn. Personally. Yeah. No, I mean, it, yeah. like, it's that thing. The other ones get bigger and bigger and like they all do awesome things. But Arkham yeah. Asylum caught us all off guard. It was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't necessarily care to like travel around as Batman. I just want him to do his one mission thing. Yeah, and yeah. like, But I mean, not that those games are the rest of the games are amazing. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just fucking love Asylum more. Yeah. Will Rocksteady announce their next game on our stream? Fuck no. Probably not. But <laughs> they do, maybe they don't. Uh, remember that PAX is next week. Uh, I'm hosting a Guild Wars 2 event Friday morning. You can watch it on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, or you could come to it if you're in the Seattle area. It's off-site of PAX, but you can get your tickets online. Then, of course, there's a Kind of Funny Game Showcase Friday at 4.30 p.m. at PAX. Uh, it's me in 10 games. We're going to talk to the developers, show you the games, different kind of showcase. Then, Sunday, Saturday night, 9 p.m. Intersight Championship. Uh, 24 competitors from around the video game world. You're still in it, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think I. I guess I'll be kind of funny on it. Well, no. I just. I, I approve. I last night, Chloe, uh, Echo Chloe, uh, who's mm-hmm. one of the up and comers. She's editing the video for me, mm-hmm. and she sent over the rough cut, and it still said Game Informer. She's like, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Put a Ghostbusters no symbol over <laughs> over the Game Informer thing." So we're gonna ride that. Uh, that's gonna be nine o'clock. A whole bunch of people uh, playing games, having fun, having a great time. You should come to it. You can go to kindoffunny.com/events. Then, believe it or not, in a very rare occasion, Kate, Katie wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with her own housekeeping note. <laughs> I was just wondering what the Patreon fan mail for this month is. I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere, which probably means there are at least a couple of other listeners out there wondering. Uh, great job, Katie. First off, remember, you, if you go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in for the show and anything under the video game sun. I count this. Uh, what we did this year or this month for fan mail is we took the Twitch emotes and turned them into stickers. So you got shirtless Spider-Man, shirtless Spider-Man there. You got Cool Greg hands. You got the championship belt. There's a Nitro rifle one. There's a bunch of others we don't have here. Uh, Joey uh, put up a Patreon post about it. She was going to kick the uh, computer and make sure it gets promoted again today out there on Twitter land or something like that. But good call, Katie. That's what's happening. You can go over there and be a fan mail supporter on Patreon. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by We Have Cool Friends in Party Mode, but I'll tell you about that later for now. 
Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Thank you very much. Uh, number one, PlayStation is coming to save the Uncharted movie. I'm the one using the word save. Keep in mind, this movie, <laughs> just stop trying to make this movie happen. Uh, Mike Fleming Jr. at Deadline has the following report. Director Dan Trachtenberg has exited Uncharted, the Sony Pictures film adaptation of the massive selling PlayStation game. Tom Holland remains attached as star, and sources said the studio is moving quickly to lock Trachtenberg's replacement, meetings are underway now, and that a new filmmaker should be in place by the end of summer. The film will begin production early next year. Editorial from Greg, the fuck it will, but keep believing it, keep believing it. Now, you might just say, everybody, wait a second, that's a screencast story. That's the show after this on Twitch. It's up on Kind of Funny. Why would Greg steal Kevin's thunder? Because here's where it comes back to video games. A new development is that, the, as, is that this film will become the first feature production of Sony PlayStation Productions, which was set up by Sony, the Sony lot last year by Assad Quizzlebash. Yeah. I, nail it? Okay. I can never say Assad's last name and I always feel like an idiot because I've met him and I like him. I think that's correct. Okay, yeah. And Carter Swan. PlayStation Productions has come on to produce alongside a whole bunch of people that are video game pe- or movie people we don't care about. Mm-hmm. However, so now you're, you're like, wait, what is that? If you don't remember, let's jump back to May 20th when the Hollywood Reporter's Patrick Shanley, friend of the show, had this article. PlayStation Productions, headed by Assad and overseen by SIE chairman of Worldwide Studios, Sean Layden, will develop and produce projects based on the company's catalog of more than 100 games. Quote, instead of licensing our IP out to studios, we felt the better approach was for us to develop and produce for ourselves, says Assad. Uh, One, because we're more familiar, but also because we know what the PlayStation community loves. Twisted Metal, I believe, is what the first thing they announced from that. Right, the T, they were didn't work on something with it, right? Or yeah, like they, I think they said, like, Twisted Metal TV show was what they're... Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah, 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 but I'll believe that one. I don't know, any of this shit, I'll believe when I see. Yeah. But here's the thing, this is the first time that I feel like there's been at least some hope for this Uncharted movie. Yeah, I mean, like, they've been talking about it for literal years at this point. Like, the first director was saying he wanted... Joe Pesci and Mark Wahlberg and all that for like a family thing because I remember seeing that I was like you're just describing Last Crusade like literally yeah. that's the movie yeah, yeah, you're yeah, describing yeah, 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 exactly which like you can't make an Uncharted movie and have it get away from the Indiana Jones influence yeah but I I am very curious to what they from everything they've described this movie so far it sounds like they picked a list of names of things that are marketable yeah, yeah. and just put them together and be like yeah we're gonna do an Uncharted movie with Tom Holland I'm like why? Okay, like yeah, li- there's so many other options for that, but whatever. If you're gonna do like a young Drake movie, sure, but that's on Uncharted. Exactly. Yeah, and like it's just I'm the, I'm always beating the drum of we don't need to make our games into movies. Yeah, I understand that. I understand you want to get as much juice from the IP as you can. I get it. Mm-hmm. When they announced this, I was like, no way. When they had Mark Wahlberg attached, I was like, no way. <laughs> when they said Tom Holland and whatever the first director was with that one before we even lost Trachtenberg down here, yeah. it was like. Right, you're getting warmer to where I feel like that might actually happen one day, but as it continues to struggle, it's just more and more just like, let it die. However, this PlayStation production thing is an interesting wrinkle, because mm-hmm. how much say do they have? Now, I was super excited when the Last of Us movie started getting kicked around, yeah. and Neil Druckmann was like, I'm working on the script and doing all these different things. It was like, all right, if you can have Neil involved, then I actually would believe something can happen here. It was the usual just... 
gray noise, white noise, right? Of oh, hey, we're Sony Pictures is making an Uncharted movie. No one from Naughty Dog or PlayStation's involved. Well, then why the hell are you doing this? You don't. I don't believe you understand the source material, right? Like yeah. I want to see PlayStation involved. I want to see Naughty Dog involved, and I would hope that this PlayStation Productions angle gives it a chance. But also, they don't. They super don't care about what you and I think about it. I'm aware. They think like they want their billion dollar movie, which you know they could get. Like there have been very successful video game movies. That's with Pikachu. Like okay, that ha- that, that was maybe, a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie. I don't know that that my, that's a good example because the Pokemon company was very involved with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But, See, like, <laughs> <laughs> proving my point. But was Masuda or any of the like the Game Freak people act, were they writing the script or anything like that? I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. That script had problems anyway. But oh, it was too perfect. <laughs> uh, okay, so are we going to talk about Pokemon? Yeah, the welcome. To the, you, okay. you're a, you got a job now here, buddy. Right. You can just go wherever you want with it. So here's my problem with that movie. They send they spend a long time trying to. Say I forget the guy, the Justice Smith, his like, his, the kid. his yeah, the yeah, kid. Yeah. They they're like, oh, he used to be a Pokemon trainer, or he was really into it. Yeah, and then it doesn't pay off at the end. It's just like, okay, yeah, he he knows some moves, but it's not really explained why. Also, even though Ryan Reynolds is technically old enough to be someone's father, I don't buy it. When they showed him at the age makeup at the end, yeah. I was like, no, that he's still he's my age. I don't believe Ryan Reynolds is old, like that old. People get knocked up all the time in high school. All right. True. Don't don't act like it's like unheard of. That should be of. the subtitle of Detective Pikachu. People, <laughs> People get, get knocked, knocked up, up all the time. <laughs> true. It's true though, right, Bear? Yeah. My, my parents are 44 and I'm 24. Oh, wow. They were very young. You just got pwned. Yeah, that's that's uh, a full-on pwnage. I had, I've been detective pwned. Were you a prom <laughs> yeah. night baby, Barrett? I mean, they were 20, so it was... Were they held oh, back in school? After. Were they no, held back they in school? No, they were not held back in school. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like you can have the... Pro- you hold, hold your own prom. You can't use the term prom night baby that loosely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Why not? Or you, okay, you can. It just makes it like weird, I guess. Sure. Well, I'm doing. I'm stealing. I'm just leaving off part of the Family Guy <laughs> song where it was prom night dumpster baby. <laughs> That's what I'm picking up. You know what I mean? All right. What the fuck were we talking about? We're oh, yeah. talking about Uncharted video game movies. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. like, th- what are, what's announced? It's this Twisted Metal. I guess Sonic is still happening. That's not a Sony production, but, but it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic is. It was delayed till next year. Which I have been, I have been greatly anticipating the train wreck that movie is going to be. Sonic? Yes. Yeah. Well, like, are you going to go see it though? Yeah. No. I'm. Well, I'm hoping Sega does that thing of like, hey, do you want to see the Sonic movie early? But I know they won't because I've been making fun of it for two years. So I will definitely see it, but not in like, <laughs> not earnestly, not like, I'm going to see it. Be like, haha, he looks dumb. But we'll see, maybe. Will he look dumb or is he going to look perfect now? Because that's what they're holding the whole movie back. What? From, remember what? I mean, they made those decisions. Are they like I've been hearing for years of Sega's not involved? Say like Sega, they showed that initial design to Sega, and Sega was like, "We don't like this." <laughs> Please stop. Like, yeah, if they if they don't like it, it must be good. But it's not, like I was getting back to the earlier. They don't care what the video game people think. True. They care yeah, what yeah. like the mainstream audience thinks. Mainstream audience likes Minions. They don't. They they're clearly not high up on fine art. I was going to say character design, but like the Minion Studio is making the Mario movie. That might look like total like Art Deco bullshit, but who knows? It might all like it might be a massively successful movie too. Yeah. Because like they make massively successful movies. Uh, just to bring it here, GamesRadar.com, I'm reading an article, Rachel Weber, Twisted Metal TV show on the way from PlayStation Productions. Yeah. So, yeah I, how the fuck do you make that a TV show? Uh, I get dropped into their world and I need to race against all these people and Sweet Tooth's chasing me. And so it's every 80s cartoon. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. In anime, there's a term for that called isekai. What does that mean? It's like when you dis- are you like you wake up in a different kind of world. So like you wake up and you're an RPG character and that's the f- like the foundation of the anime. 
Fair. Yeah. Okay. When for every eighties cartoon, it just like. Oh, I just happened, like, turns out all the sports stars are a superhero team as well. <laughs> Great cartoon. Yeah. Remember Denver the Last Dinosaur? I do. I, I remember the theme song. I don't remember anything about the show. That's pretty much all there was to it. Yeah. They skateboarded a lot, I think, and they had to hide him, but he was also, like, out, I think, at some point. Like, right? Denver the Last Dinosaur, they saw him, right? Like, yeah. people knew him. In the, you're all too young. You don't know, even know. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even remember Denver the Last Dinosaur. Remember James Bond Jr.? No, I do not remember James do Bond you, Jr. Okay. I can't remember. Maybe this was like some weird like dream I had as a kid, but there was a James Bond Jr. who was the nephew of James Bond, and so he would go on his own like spy <laughs> missions. Wait, how's he a junior if he's the nephew? That's, I've always wondered <laughs> that. Too. That bothered me as a kid. Of like, did you really name a junior after like your your brother? You can do that. Can you? Yeah. I if guess I, you can. No. Like, there's I, nothing so stopping if I, you. If Kevin Coelho had a kid and then named it Spencer in honor of his brother, that would be Spencer Coelho Jr. No way, really? Uh, that's, fucked up. that's creepy. I don't like that at all. I but, guess but it makes not, sense, uh, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Like. It feels weird. Yeah, no, it definitely feels yeah, weird. You know. You're not, they're not picking the dog up on the microphone, are they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Was, uh, Kevin, can you bring me a water when you get a chance to? Portillo drank out of mine. <laughs> no ice. I don't need to ask. Thank you. Portillo went to town. He's the on only that one water. who's allowed to drink out of the PlayStation cup except for me. <laughs> all right. He didn't ask. Like, you can. I guess it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Well, it's that thing where I started, you were here, I started giving him shit, and then I was like, oh, wait, I don't think I ever put a water bowl down for you today, so yeah. you're probably pretty thirsty. Well, I mean, here. So it's been like an hour and a half. Like, he drank water this morning. Yes. You. You know, I'm not like, I'm not, don't try to get me in, in the league with these <laughs> Twitch kids throwing their cats and beating their dogs, all right? I was, I watched that clip, and I was like, it can't be as bad, and then she's like, no, she just fucking overhands the, that. Yeah. yeah. Poof, I'm like, I had cats, I wouldn't throw them like that. I would yeah. never throw a cat that I love that way. Or an animal. Or like I any cat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like I don't like you that much. Like, you've been kind of a dick. I'm going to toss you. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got uh, uh, here, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Craft D guy. So Craft D. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. He's putting out. I don't like to take things from people. Uh, writes <laughs> in and says, James Bond Jr. is a fictional character described as the nephew of Ian Fleming's master spy, James Bond. One, the name was first used in 1967 for a spinoff novel entitled The Adventures of James Bond Jr. 003 and a half. <laughs> that's so fucking that's, dumb. That's, I like that. That one, I like that a lot there. You know what I mean? Uh, Ill Grill Chill, before we jump here too, says David O. Russell is the first director of the Uncharted movie that was announced on October 8th, 2010. Tom Holland was in kindergarten. That was nine <laughs> years ago. Uh, Ill Grill Chill also points out Tim Goodwin is the name of the main character, Detective Pikachu. Okay. So yeah, long story short, I believe we're getting closer to there actually being an Uncharted movie. Yeah, I think they'll do it because it's money. Yeah. Like, they expect money to happen. I believe PlayStation being involved is a good thing. I don't believe the movie will be good. I also still give it not great odds of actually happening. I think we're getting closer to it. Mm-hmm. I can still see it not happen. Where are you going now? What is... All week long, <laughs> he's happy just to sit. Just see what's up. So, now there's bagels in the office. He wants to go smell all that. Yeah, know. he's exploring. It's, it's, a big, it's a big day here. We got Emory. We got so bagels. T- he only wanted to see hear about the Uncharted movie. And All right, it's peace. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to bore me. Number two, uh, the Riot has a class action suit settled. This is an official statement from Riot, but not their like press release one. This yeah. is like their blog post before the press release, which I appreciate more. Yes. As many of you know, there have been a few lawsuits filed against Riot since last year, including a proposed class action suit that alleged claims of gender discrimination in pay and promotion, sexual harassment, and retaliation against women working at Riot offices in California. We've taken these claims very seriously and have been working on many fronts to review and address the lawsuits and the concerns that were raised. We've done a deep dive into our past, our culture, and our systems and processes. Last August, we announced our first steps forward, and those steps continue today. We will continue to strive to be a great company and one that cares about its employees and players. 
After extensively reviewing these issues, we can, confident, we can confidently state that gender discri discrimination, parentheses, in pay or promotion, sexual harassment, and retaliation are not systemic, systemic, systemic issues at Riot. Again, mm. sorry, the, the coffee cubes. Hold <laughs> your thoughts till the end. But what we also learned during this process was, was that some rioters have had experiences that did not live up to our values or culture. In addition, we've encountered considerable fatigue among rioters who have been drained by constant engagement with the internal and external dialogues emerging from these lawsuits and reoccurring media cycles. We made a commitment to rioters that we would be willing to take the steps necessary to build trust and demonstrate that we're serious about riot evolving into an excellent place to work for all rioters. Under these circumstances, we've had to look critically at our own litigation approach to the class action lawsuit. While we believed that we had a strong position to litigate, we realized that in the long run, doing what is best for both riot and rioters was our ideal outcome. Therefore, rather than entrench ourselves and continue to litigate, we chose to pivot and try to take an approach that we believe best demonstrates our commitment to owning our past and to healing the company so that we can move forward together. As such, we're pleased to announce that we've come to an agreement in principle to settle the class action lawsuit against riot. We realize that this is not this is a path that many companies in our position may not have chosen, but we felt it was the strongest statement we could make to rioters and prospective rioters that were prepared to go over and above in order to move forward. Both sides believe that this proposed settlement, once finalized, is fair for all parties involved. In addition, we're hopeful that the settlement will allow us to continue our momentum in making Riot a leader in inclusive workspaces. At this time, we're still early in the process and cannot share details, but wanted to keep our promise to be transparent and timely as, be as transparent and timely as possible in communicating. We're continuing to work with the class plaintiffs and their counsel to finalize the details. Most importantly, we want to emphasize that any proposed settlement will be subject to the court's oversight and the court will need to review and approve all details of any agreement. We want to be respectful of this process. This is kind of word salad -y. Like it, Yes, it is. It has this thing. It changes tone so often. Of Listen, we did nothing wrong. But we want to make sure that if we did, we, that's not a systemic wrongdoing, but we maybe there was a wrong thing. The thing that bothers me about this is we know we would have won or we think we would have won, but we're being nice about it. We think this is just the best way to get, you know, but it's very much the E3 response to me being banned. <laughs> Listen, let's not look in the past at what really happened to your badge. Let's move forward. They've been saying that a lot lately, <laughs> but they, so one of the good things of this besides like, it, it's good that these people who are, you know, they've. Uh, from their perspectives, they had these things happen to them, and they were able. They now have some closure with it through a settlement. Yeah, like that's good. But also the fact that Riot had been doing this thing where they were saying, "Oh, we're going to put everything through arbitration, which is a third-party non-court system to that you." Usually favors the people who impanel it. So in this case, it would be Riot. Right. But they were doing that while these cases were going on, and that was a. It was not a great look. And that's why the walkout was the walkout, yes. right? It was the, the, when we get, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you know all the backstory on this. I know most of you do. Real quick shot, snapshot, right? Mm -hmm. Kotaku puts up this expose that's like, hey, people are farting in people's faces and not <laughs> promoting women. Everybody's like, this fucking sucks. They give the one guy a, what, two-month ban, a three-month ban or whatever, no yeah. pay. Uh, and then when everything's, the Riot puts out a great statement, all these different steps, the first step forward they were talking about of like what they want to do in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. They eventually come out and say they hit all those goals, great. But in the middle of that section is when everybody's like, hey, it says that you're going to make everybody litigate or um, uh, arbitration over yeah. this. That's a terrible look. Please change that. And it's like, all right, we'll change it for everybody going forward. If your yeah. case is already happening, you're fucked. And everybody's like, we're going to walk out. And they walk <laughs> out, and then it's the thing. And then, like, the main the thrust of that was, we're not going to even do that while 
these cases are going on. So now that these cases are settled, hopefully they can start having an arbitration opt out, which I don't, I don't like opt outs in general mm-hmm. because there's so much. You, you yeah, pay attention, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to pay attention. There's probably like there is the chance of pressure to not opt out of like, oh, well, no one else does it. So if you want to be like a cultural fit, and when they say like these these problems were individual there were a couple of people they weren't systemic yeah those individuals were executives of the company right they're and, fostering that idea yeah, like, like this like, is what it is it's not like you know there's a couple of people in the very like the mail room that are doing this yeah. it's people who were you know making jokes about uh no doesn't necessarily mean no during giant company perspective like meetings yeah that's you can't divorce those things like obviously this is a pr statement like they yeah. are trying to make it sound as good for them as possible but anyone who's been following this probably looks at this with some side eye and that's my thing is like yeah. for honestly i feel like and i correct me if or you i'm wrong or you have a different opinion i feel like riot in the wake of all this has been making the right choices yes i do think the first steps forward was a great look i think they've been when people were getting ready to walk out and they were like let everybody walk out like mm-hmm. no managers let it happen do not retaliate do not be jerks about it like they understand the structure now and especially with the people they've brought in to try to fix this that yeah clearly we fucked up like there's been enough problems here that we need to make the right choices here and try to be a little bit altruistic right Mm -hmm. but then yeah the statement right after extensively reviewing these issues we can confidently state that gender discrimination sexual harassment and retaliation are not systematic issues at riot it's like well but they happened a lot (laughs) Uh, they happened enough that there was a giant report and everybody was really pissed off and you you know you did this like yeah it's what you're saying it's the top of the the pyramid that's bringing this all down they lost the media war in this pretty early on of course and their attempts to fight back at it have all been like that from what the actual changes they're making have been good but the statements they've been making about those changes have all been kind of it's i'm sure it's run through like 15 different departments of course and everyone gets their pound of flesh from it but I reading this statement, I'm I am put off by this it. is the most yeah. tone deaf statement I've seen yeah. recently from them on all this. Where Which it's is like, like yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure the company is doing better than ever. Of course, but whoever looked over this, they they could have done a much better job of sounding empathetic. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which is like, there these are people at the other end of this. Just. But that, you get caught yeah. up in your legal jargon, right? Because yeah. I'm sure some lawyers like you can't. You have to say something because we can't, can't admit fault. Can't, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's where it gets to be this giant word salad, as Gary Whitta loves to talk about <laughs> and get a part of it. Number three on the Roper Report, DICE is canceling a Battlefield 5 competitive mode. This is Hayden Taylor at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, Battlefield 5 developer DICE has canceled plans for a competitive 5v5 mode in order to more quickly reach our bug-crushing goals. That was a quote. Uh, since launching in November 2018, Battlefield 5 has been plagued with game-breaking such as Spawn. I think it means game-breaking bugs, such as yeah. spawn problems, infinite load screens, and invisible players. <laughs> That's a giant problem. That's uh, a predator mode. Yeah, right. Uh, while the game managed to sell 7.3 million units in Q4 last year, it still missed EA's targets. No shocker there. Uh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. In an update from the developer, senior producer Ryan MacArthur uh, said it was a tough decision, and Dice remained fully committed to expanding and improving our core multiplayer experience. Uh, MacArthur said Dice will continue to build competitive gaming experiences in Battlefield by supporting the existing competitive community and working, quote, more closely with our players to help improve the tools that they have available, end quote. So in the last issue of Game Informer, there was we did a thing of where we rate live services and like how they've been since launch. Mm-hmm. And Matt Burtz, who is an incredible writer and a great boss, uh, he wrote Battlefield Fives and he ended up giving that a D for how they proceeded since its launch in November. Sure. Uh, it hasn't been great. No. They the community is unhappy with it. They've not hit any of their goals really. And like this report says, it's been a 
it's been a bug stomping problem more than like a treating as a live service issue. Yeah. So I am not at all surprised to see this. It is that game. That game is such a missed opportunity. It's crazy that it's been this bad. Yes. It's and it's funny when you're talking about the community's not even happy. It's like who is the community? I don't even I and I and I, granted you know that I'm not the first person shooter guy, mm-hmm. so I'm not paying attention to all of them. But I still hear people talk about Call of Duty and share a Call of Duty video and see that there's a, something going on, right? And granted, yeah. way bigger than Battlefield, but I never hear anyone talk about Battlefield. Yeah, I never hear anybody talk about Battlefield. That game had a battle royale released, and I've never even heard from someone who's played it. <laughs> like that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Like usually, even like the the snowboarding battle royale got few fans. <laughs> like again, I've never heard of someone playing this game or playing the that mode. And I I have friends that are very much into Battlefield, and even they don't really talk about this game. Wow. Like the. Uh, they had a thing a couple of months ago of like, oh, we're going to do private servers, finally. And I don't know if they even ever launched it. As, as someone whose job it was to keep up on that sort of thing, yeah. like their actual communication is bad. Their whatever dev pipeline they've been having, like it also might just be a Frostbite thing too. Maybe Frostbite's bad for this. They should move off of it if it's, that's a problem. Yeah. But I think it's a larger systemic issue with EA. Yep. Of they don't really know how to do live service games up to and including Apex Legends, they kind of just stumble into the first couple of months, and then after that, like, well, I guess if you're the one who's developing the game... You You'll figure yeah. it out. It's on you. Which, that's the thing. All developers aren't meant to do live service stuff in addition to creating the game. Yeah. There should be teams made for these things, and those teams should interoperate so the dev- people who are making the game can pass it off to like have a sense of continuity with the people who are doing the live service updates. Yeah. And just assuming, like, oh, well, DICE will can- handle all of it, Maybe not a great idea. I realize I'm literally putting my foot on the landmine, and I have to be very careful on how I step off of it. I think you bring up an interesting point. People always want to run with the narrative that EA is evil and Mm -hmm. just out to get your money and so on and so forth, right? And there's obviously some truth somewhere in that. And I wonder if it's more the systemic problem of that they don't get these kind of games and they keep trying to do it and shareholders from the top down are like, we need these kind of games and they put them out these games, but they're not supporting them and they're not that like Battlefield 5, like I I don't think, and as somebody who knows nothing about it really, Mm -hmm. clearly shouldn't have launched when it launched, right? That's a game that clearly should have been delayed at least to the Battle Royale mode, at least until the modes they're working on or baking on or trying to make are ready to go. Right. And so then you see that with this, you see it with Anthem, you see it with the mistakes now with Apex Legend here in in the uh, first off season one being too long, they thought. Now season two's here, but then they're charging one hundred and forty dollars for all the fucking microtransactions. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like, what's going on? That's a that's a good example of Apex Legends launch, and I think the Battle Royale mo- mode for Battlefield launched right after that. And that's it, like EA. What are you doing? Yeah. Why would you, why are you cannibalizing yourself like that? It's uh, that's EA's problem is that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is thinking. Mm, so they keep running into these situations where you have executives going, okay, this is how we're going to monetize this. This game needs to come out in this uh, quarter or we're going to lose on potential revenue for you know this thing and this thing. And then you have developers who are working very hard to try and make their games good, getting these demands from on high. Uh, like Battlefront 2 is honestly not a bad game. The loot box stuff killed it, but yeah. it's a Star Wars shooter. It was not terrible. There, I didn't. I, you bring it up, and I meant to do it. There, I slacked myself today when, I, when I'm on the car and I see a tweet. I'll mm-hmm. usually slack it, and I wanted it. I thought it was possible for required reading. There was a Games Industry Biz one today. That the headline was awesome on. Right, hold on. Every stick with me. Sorry, that's how the show gets made. <laughs> uh, not a week goes by without us thinking. Imagine if we hadn't launched with loot boxes the way we did, and that's the games industry. That's them talking about restoring trust in Star Wars Battlefront Two. Right? But like, can you think of an EA game that has not had a 
massive PR fuck up in the last two yeah, years. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Um, FIFA? FIFA Ultimate Team is like the poster boy for terrible like loot boxes. Hmm. Which, I mean, mo- I talked to a lot of FIFA fans. Most of them don't care. Yeah. But yeah. like the people that who have been ruined by it or like the hacking issues or yeah. like they... They don't like that, and they, like the men, men this year has not had like a great critical response. Like, Barrett's playing, he's just like it's more mad. Yeah, yeah. And I think even uh, Cat Bailey from US Gamer, I think, put up a thing. Yeah, just she like, was like, "I'm disappointed in Madden." She's like, "Well, it wasn't. I'm not even going to review it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not even going to review it. Not because it's bad, just because it's the same thing. It's exactly what you. And I was like, "Wow, that's a really cool fucking post to put up." Because <laughs> it's like you know, I remember being at IGN and being like, "I guess the, the physics engine's new. I'll talk about that." Yeah, it's. EA has been in this they've been lost in the woods for a while like there's a thing a couple of weeks ago where Andrew Wilson when he was asked by an investor about like why isn't the Sims on switch which is actually a perfectly rational question yeah and he didn't give it he gave it like he gave half a terrible answer of people who own switches own ps4s and xbox ones and so they'd rather play the games there which is somewhat true but I also know I, mean, I think there's a lot of switch owners who don't own that stuff. that's true of like uh, if you were to put F- Jedi Fallen Order on Switch, yeah. people wouldn't play that game there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you were to put The Sims on there, people would fucking love that game yeah, there. Yeah, totally. And then Laura Meal, who is like, you know, kind of being groomed for Wilson's job in the future, later came out and said, "Yeah, we're." She had a more much more diplomat- diplomatic answer of, "We're looking into it. Like, we would love to work with Nintendo." <laughs> All and, like, options yeah. are on the table. Yeah, we've made no final decision. Which is like a way better answer of, "We're not pissing off a major manufacturer and an entire fan base and a system that's winning the NPD every single month of the year." Like, they don't know what they're doing with each other, mm-hmm. and like as they, pr- there was a time like a. I want to say 10 years ago. Remember that time when EA was like, we're going to go for it. We're going to make those games people want to play. Oh, sure. Of like I, Dead I, Space and Mirror's Edge and all that. Sure. I always go back to the one moment where I thought, man, they're really going to change this was 2015. Yeah. When Peter Moore came on our game spot stage with For Kind of Funny the first year and was just like, listen, we're, we're, we're saying gamers first. And I know that's cliche, but it's true. It's what we're all thinking. We're, we're putting out a game uh, like Yarny. What's it? Uh, Unraveled. Unraveled. We're yeah. putting out Unravel, right? And we know that's not going to make money, but we don't need to worry about it making money because FIFA and Madden make money. We want to be able to take And it was like, oh, fuck, you guys actually might be turning this around, like actually trying to fight back. Yeah. And then no. <laughs> and then not really now. It's just like, no, this is. I mean, that's the thing. Like the. the I don't. I almost call it war profiteering, but that's a much more loaded phrase. But the profit aspect of EA has always been acknowledged with the creative aspect, mm. and they've never known how to square that. Yeah, and like other companies also run into the same problems, but they have it easier. I, they do a better job of it than EA does, and until they figure out how to deal with those two things, they are never going to be able to make those kind of like I've I've looked at EA's financials and they do okay. Yeah. But they could do a lot better. And if they want to have like a financial win and an EA like critical reception thing, like they could they need to start from the top down. And they're not doing that. Interesting. Like what was the EA play this year? I mean you were there. I was it, there. It was Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And even though my job was to sit there and watch the rest of it and like get whatever news, I I tuned out honestly at some point, and because every, of me. <laughs> part, well, after your segment, because oh, like okay, after okay, the fair, fair, after fair. the Jedi Fallen Order stuff, like I was like, are they going to say anything about Anthem? No, they're not. Like Anthem is uh, a great example of how did you fuck this up? Mm. How did you get you got this great idea for a a multiplayer shooter that like can work as a live service, and then they had to delay the like like the Battlefield thing. They had to delay the Cataclysm because like 
they had to fix the game. Yeah. Like, that is a game that should have just been delayed, but since it was a... God, what was it? The February release, right? Yeah, it was Q1. Which meant that the quarter had to end. Fiscal the, year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, well, we've already taken pre-orders, and if we, you know, it's, okay, this is some financial minutia bullshit, but if you take pre-orders on a game and then the financial year ends or the quarter ends, you have to move those pre-orders into, I forget the exact term, but it's, like, negative revenue, basically. Okay. Which is, like, for example, I don't know anything, like, specifically about this game, but let's say Final Fantasy VII Remake is completely broken. Like, they're just going to release that game in March anyway because they've already taken pre-orders on the special edition and mm, all that. Mm. So it makes more sense to fix it after the fact than it is to, Take like, the delay. financial loss yeah. and look, have your books look bad. So, which is why we always, whenever a game's scheduled for March, I'm always like, mm, uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, th- that was the reason that game didn't get delayed, probably. Probably. I don't, right. I don't have a, like, I don't know for a fact. Yeah, yeah. But when they, like, let those things happen... It creates a narrative, and that narrative has been ongoing and recurring for their games for the last two years. You think they'll ever fix it? It, it, I, I don't think it'll happen under Wilson. Yeah, just because like I, I think he knows what he's doing, but I think he's much more on the profit side than he is like, like a trying to make the art side. Better. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think I. I I've been very interested in what Laura Mielli is going to do with that company. So we'll see if she ever does become president. Like when she got put on that track, I was in, like, cause I think right when she did Soderlund also retired like a couple of months mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. cause yeah. I think he was supposed to be on that track and now is it or wasn't at the time. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully EA can fix themselves cause they've done it before they've changed hacks. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe Jedi Fallen Order is the first step. I'm very excited for that game. They fucked it up. They fucked the reveal up quite a bit. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. By showing it, and people are like, "I don't get it." And like, even like, then like, everybody behind closed doors is like, "No, it's awesome. It's like, it's a Metroidvania. It's this. It's that." Yeah, You're we like, had the cover story for it, so I knew like that game looked better than they showed. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, they gave us a trailer, and they're like, "Hey, you can put this up. This is the thing that people want to see." And I was like, "Okay, this is actually like this looks really good," and just yeah. no one's gonna see this because it's three weeks after the reveal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You you blew your moment there. Right? Yeah. For the record, I can't believe they fucking laid you off. You're so smart. This is huge. <laughs> this is a huge get for us. Um, Imran, I'm excited to see if this uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order actually is good and we all get to enjoy it and we don't have to hate everything. But it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would it go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Gnome's Garden is out. Gnome's Garden Lost King is on Xbox One. Marble and the Wood is on PC and Mac. Snooker 19 is on Switch. Plunge is on Switch, PC and Mac. Gurgamoth is on Switch. Biorhythm is on PC and Mac. And then Dark Space is on PC. However, big release of the day. Telling Lies, an investigative thriller game that revolves around a cache of secretly recorded video conversations, is now available on PC, Mac, and iOS. This is, of course, the from the people who brought you her story. Yeah. Also, like Sam Barlow was the writer of Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which oh. is one of my favorite like Silent Hill games. It's so different. Like, don't go in expecting it to be a Silent Hill game. Yeah. But it had such a fantastic story that I, I've become a fan of his since then. Awesome. Yeah, I liked her story a lot. We played it here for uh, 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 Let's Play back in the yeah. day, and so Telling Lies, I'm definitely getting on probably my iPad tonight yeah it's i've heard very good things elise favis wrote the review for game informer and it was published after she was let go 
but I no, would, they got a lawsuit yeah. on their hands. <laughs> but she, she, I, she told them like, yeah, this is my like, I really like this game. I like this piece of writing. So I, I encourage people to go read that, especially if you're a hiring manager. Go read Elise's review. <laughs> Good call. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, we already knew about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 getting Cyclops and Colossus for free on August 30th, but they've also revealed on August 30th you'll get new outfits for Spider-Man, Hulk, and Captain Marvel. All right. know, there was right? a thing that press release, or not press release, but like they updated the website to say new costumes will be coming through 2020. Yeah, they had, that had been like a tweet announcement from yeah. way back, but they finally confirmed, confirmed. But yeah, they're going to keep doing stuff for this game. Which I makes sense. Like, so that's, well. that's good marketing. Like, yeah. They do that for the mobile game all the time of, okay, well, Captain Marvel is in Endgame, so we've updated with her new haircut, right. which people love. So they'll go like you know go in. Uh, and I mean, as somebody who loves Mar- uh, Ultimate Alliance three, right? I'm I'm stoked for next month, September 30th. If you're getting the uh, Marvel Knights pack, yeah. But even then, I was like, okay, cool, new characters. Am I gonna want to run them up to level 100, or whatever? But then they also announced the Gauntlet mode. Yeah. So if every one of these DLCs that drops a lot of characters drops some kind of new mode or some new reason to go in, that'd be great. I have a number of friends who are waiting for the X Men pack because they they very specifically love that 90s X Men cartoon. Oh yeah. So they just want to make sure that like. That it's 90s X Men Gambit, that it's 90s sure. X Men Rogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, I mean, for as well, I mean, it seems like Marvel Ultimate Alliance three sold bonkers yeah. way more than I bet even they expected it to. So they'd be silly not to double down now and be like, crap, yeah, let's treat it like a mobile game and let's yeah. put out costumes for everybody. Because that was one of the disappointing things for all. Did you play Ultimate Alliance? I played a bit of it at a E three a couple. Or a okay, ago. so as somebody who like played the shit out of it and loves mm-hmm. it, like that was the disappointment of like working through the challenge trees to get the new costume, and then it's just like, oh, it's just a repaint. Yeah. It's not like I'm getting symbiote Spider-Man. I'm just getting the same Spider-Man suit now, silver and black. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, meh. I want. I just want all the movies. I like. I want a cel shaded Miles Morales that's like <laughs> Spider Verse and has the hoodie up. Yeah. Totally. Like, I want that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like make me as a fan super happy about it. Yeah. I hope they do. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, deals of the day for you: Battlefleet Gothic Armada Two. You can play for free on Steam until August twenty sixth. Now it's time for reader mail. It's the final time for this week where I'll tell you our sponsors are We Have Cool Friends, our brand new interview show. You can watch it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. You can listen to it on podcast services around the globe. I recommend the Brian Foster episode from uh, Critical Role, but we also have uh, Cameron Cuff on there. We got two Chloe's, one Chloe Dykstra, one Echo Chloe. Uh, Will Friedle is on Monday. That's right. Boy Meets World and Batman Beyond's Will Friedle will be here doing the interviews with us Monday. We're very excited for that one. You can catch it live twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Later, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Podcast Services. And then also remember party mode. Uh, I know a lot of you listen to this show. We love you. We thank you for all your downloads. But it'd be awesome if you went to youtube.com slash kind of funny games and watched party mode. The whole reason we hired Andy. So we hired Andy to make party mode. And then somehow he spun his job into just telling people I suck. So I'd prefer it if you went to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. That's career advancement. Right I know, there. right? Yeah. And watch party mode. Uh, we have a two Borderlands ones up right now from last week and this week. The newest one is the end game content that is proving grounds. Grounds, grounds, grounds. Emery. Mm-hmm. Now that we're in reader mail, Borzin double zero wants to ask you a question. You ready? Sure. Good morning, Greg and Imran. Uh, my question is directed at Enron and involves the laying off process. As a majority of people listening to this podcast will be working for someone someday, I figured a good question would be, what is that process like? All of us might be laid off one day. Is there something you learned during the process that you wish you knew before going through it? Any advice to any other young or future professionals that should know about the process? Thanks for everything and good luck. It's, I mean, it's going to come as a gut punch and a shock no matter what you do. Yeah. Like, it's being laid off is, like I said before, it's one thing if you're, you know, it's your performance or whatever, but like corporate bickering, be, 
issues out of your ha- control. Yeah, yeah. Like being the There's reason- nothing you could have done better. Yeah, that's that's always like a terrible thing to feel. But I would just say be prepared, have backups. Like it's fantastic that I knew you and I could say like, hey, Greg, this is happening to me. Like, can I talk to you about it? And we could actually like have it. Network is also like yeah, a very important 100%. thing. Like, thank God for the last two years, I've been shaking everyone's hand and passing out business cards <laughs> and stuff like that. So people were more than happy to help out and talk to me and like reach out. But like I said, it's, it's going to be a gut punch no matter what. Yeah. So steal yourself, be prepared and always have an exit strategy of some sort. Okay. Like, I had I had long thought GameStop for our troubles might affect Game Informer. So for the last couple of months, I've been kind of thinking about okay, what happens if this does happen? Yeah. It, obviously, the trigger was pulled a lot faster than I thought it would. But if I like thank thank God I thought about it before and didn't just think like okay, well this is going to continue forever. I mean that thought was also in my head. I was like, oh, I might just work at Game Informer for twenty years. Who knows? Yeah. But <laughs> I, I did have that thought in the back of my head of. But if it doesn't, yeah. like so, yeah, yeah. just keep that in mind. Don't assume every job is going to last forever. It would be great if it did, but think about things like what you're going to do with your four hundred one k one day, and where you're going to like what you're going to do in case insurance lapse for a while. Or, yeah, did you have that moment of I don't have to solve this all today? Like, did you do the thing of like taking a moment after this all happened of like, cool, I don't need to immediately worry about another job and be calling people and be doing this thing? I mean, it was yeah, that was nice. Like when I. When it first happened, and I was just like, what do I do the rest of the day? And I just spent it on Twitter, honestly, like looking at responses and stuff like that. Sure. And then a friend told me, like, go take a walk. Just do that. And like, now I'm living close to Ocean Beach. Yeah. Like, I've, I've not been on the beach yet. I'm going to go take a walk there. And I ended up walking a couple of miles up and down and just. Did you play Pokemon? Because you, you missed out on some good Pokemon there, probably. I, I was. I kept getting the, the alerts for the raid. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm good for right now. Sui <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kun can do his own shit for <laughs> a few minutes. But I did. It got me to clear my head and good. I could just think, okay, well, this is what's happening right now. I don't need to panic because I am not in the same place I was two years ago when I got like, let go from another job. I can reach out to people. People know about this. I can start like... Thank God there are editors I know, like Callie Plaggy in at GameSpot. Yeah. She reached out to me first, and then I sent her an email yesterday. I was like, hey, do you need reviewers for any like freelance stuff? And he's like, Imran, that would be great. Like, If you want to, like, we'll talk about it. It's like, okay, thank God that I don't have to do this cold editor thing. Like, If you're sure. freelanced, that is the worst thing in the world of, you don't know me, but I want to write for you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, network. Like, it's, it, PAX is coming up. If you're going to PAX... Go up and shake people's hands. Say hi to them. They will actually remember you. It's not <laughs> like if you want to like build a relationship with them, talk to them on Twitter, do all that stuff. It's it may seem like you're kind of reaching out to people who don't care, but honestly, people remember you and people if you're a good positive presence in their life, you can you know reach out to them for help when you need it. Awesome. Uh, Wizard of Rhyme writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hey guys with the recent news about Spidey leaving the MCU do you think this will have any repercussions for Insomniac's Spider-Man I wonder if this will hinder their ability to incorporate and or reference MCU properties in future games sorry thanks for taking the time uh, and rip MCU Spidey I I have I question whether or not it, like Spider-Man is going to end up leaving the MCU. This is going to be solved. Yeah. Totally. This was a bargaining chip move of putting it out there to see people's reactions yeah. so that they can be like, 
You got it's Disney, right? Being like, you got to join us, Sony. Do you my want everybody to hate you? My suspicion is Disney leaked it originally, one hundred percent. And then like they said, like, oh well, we, the leak said fifty fifty, and I've been hearing today of or not today or last night or whatever of like actually it might be a lot smaller than that. So like that sounds very targeting of oh actually Disney wasn't didn't want fifty fifty. What they wanted thirty seventy. That's much more reasonable. Yeah. So. I expect that they, and that it's working. They're having people clamor at Sony as, like, totally. Sony's the bad guy here of holding M- Spider-Man MCU hostage. The whole corporate bickering thing seems kind of gross. As somebody that wants Spider-Man in the MCU, yeah. like, I'm looking at this like, ew. Like, why are, <laughs> dude, it's just a bunch of billion. I don't want Sony to own everything either, but also I want to be entertained by Spider-Man in the MCU. So yeah. it's a very, it's a conflicting emotion. Right. And I guess that's the thing too is like, I'm with you in the same way of when it was happening. It was like, all right, well, clearly Disney's doing this just to get it. But it's also like, also Sony's fucked up so many Spider-Man movies. Like just, yeah, play ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause again, we're talking about them arguing over billions of dollars, right? It's not like Sony's this little mom and pop organization that's getting pushed around right now. I'm kind of like, they're both idiots. Like, yes, hundred percent. That's a great way. Disney got rid of two guys making a funny Han Solo movie, but that let them go make a really good Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. So, Obviously, there Disney's not infallible, yeah. <laughs> and Sony isn't like only making bad Spider-Man movies. They're making great ones too. True, true, true. So maybe this like, I don't see this as totally black and white. I want to see like, I want them to get together and work out an equitable thing. Yeah, me too. But I'll, in terms of video games, it's not gonna have any effect. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I see what you're talking about. Wizard of Rhyme, like incorporate a reference MCU properties, right? You'd be losing what suits. You'd be like, I think that's all. It's Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, I assume. Yeah. If this all went south, we'd just be like, all right, cool. There's no MCU suits in the game. Yeah, anymore. there's no like spider armor with the tenant, like whatever. Yeah, exactly. So like, what? You'd be getting Spider-Verse suits, which yeah. could be even cooler. Marvel games is very separate from Marvel's cinematic universe. Yeah. So they license things out separately. And I'm sure Sony's like their license for Spider-Man probably includes the things like Fantastic Four and X-Men and stuff like that. Mm. Like I'm it's related in some way cuz like if they don't have the rights at all, then it might be difficult to get the Baxter Tower into the game yeah. cuz like that was a thing with the Fox stuff, but it's not going to affect references cuz the MCU stuff is mostly based on the comics too. If there's a totally original thing in the MCU that isn't in any comics, then maybe that'll affect it, but what would that be the crossover? I mean, that's the whole thing with what uh, Marvel Games and Bill Roseman and all of them are doing is they're trying to make their own universes. They're yeah. trying not to have it. So that's why I think the only nods you usually do see are a suit from a game, some kind of DLC to get you excited. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. I, I'm i very excited for, because like the thing Marvel Games has been doing that Marvel Cinematic Universe has not, yeah. has been showing Kamala Khan, which, oh, yeah. name aside, I still love her as a like <laughs> fantastic superhero and like that's probably my favorite comics run of the last like. It's great Ten one. years, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully she gets her own movies and games and all that soon. Well, I mean, it seems like that's what they're pushing for, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's just happening by happenstance that yeah. she's such a big player in Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, and like she, obviously she, seemingly Avengers, the as Avengers. Well. Yeah. She, they they have they hold on a shot right as she yells for her dad. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like okay, like I don't think that's just an Easter egg. I think it's very clear that they're pushing her. I, I think it's it's always interesting to. Look at what you see from the video games and, and comics and everything else, and then look at how it is with the movies, right? Mm. And the fact that, like, you play Ultimate Alliance and you see Miles be a big part and Spider Gwen be a big part, and yeah. then, like, the Kamala be a big part, but she doesn't have a movie yet. She doesn't have this thing. It's like, I think she's set up in the exact same way that she's going to be huge. I think she's going to be in phase five or whatever. They're yeah. going to finally, or one of these phase four movies is going to reference her and bring about the Inhumans in that way. And I know they already exist, but you know what I mean? And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is like... Nah, nobody's counting that shit anymore. I actually, I like that show at times. Yeah, sure. I've heard yeah, that yeah. good, uh, that new season is good. I need to get uh, it and watch it. Barry Courtney, what do you got for me? Yeah. 
It's not canon, right? No, not no, 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 no. Kevin's not going to acknowledge any of that. That um, first season was really good, though. That first season was canon and also yeah. really good. I, I know you guys are we're talking about like uh, not seeing this weird MCU deal not affect video games at all, but I honestly would not put it past Disney to come down on the Marvel Game Studio if this all goes south and like, hey, we're not li- licensing this out to them anymore because they've done that in the past. They've like... Yeah, the fact that they couldn't get X Men back, they cut X Men from like video games and stuff, and like Fantastic Four, they like put those comics like in like the the they, waste they bin. Canceled them. Yeah, they like, canceled. They canceled yeah, yeah. So that was Ike Perlmutter, like, who was a a toy executive who ended up like I think they bought Marvel at some point, so he was controlling things. Mm. So Disney recently took him out of. Not right. necessarily like full control, but he they put Phage in charge of the MCU. So he had that weird thing where he doesn't like female superheroes. So mm. they would not make like uh, action figures of them. Black Widow, yeah, yeah. that's a big deal. Which is like now that Phage is in control of the uh, MCU, that there's a Black Widow movie and all that. Yeah. So hopefully they is don't that do that. Is that Phage? We've been saying Feige, right? Yeah, I have no idea, honestly. No, Kevin just, Feige and this person is a uh, two different people. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, I'm a stupid idiot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Mystery solved. Perfect. Nailed yeah. it. Uh, but now, but nanobiologist points out, and you're wrong. Sony only owns the movie rights. All other forms of Spider-Man, except amusement park showings, <laughs> showings east of the Mississippi, are owned by Disney. But again, it's the, the Fantastic Four thing where they just wanted to kill that movie and not make sure it failed, so they didn't yeah. do the book. But again, Spider-Man's way bigger than the Fantastic yeah. Four. So. Here's the thing: all cons- all corporation and executive bickering is dumb. All corporation bickering is dumb. Yep. So like, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll be super stupid. We'll have to wait and see because the people who make these decisions aren't rational about it. It's true. They just want money. Uh, it's time to squat up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, why you need help in a video game. I read it here. Sometimes it's real life and that's what Kevin's is today. <laughs> Kevin writes in and says, hi, Greg and Imran. I'm so sorry, Imran, to hear about the loss of your position and the many others who just left Game Informer. Thank you. I read the magazine regularly from sixth grade all the way up through college. I still occasionally pick up a copy of the magazine simply because of the cover. Shout out to the Batman Arkham City cover. (laughs) I feel your pain of a job loss. One week ago today, on August 16th, after only four months into a new position, I was let go from my job. I left another job that I loved doing doing for this one only for the better paycheck, but it didn't pan out. Though we wish them the best, my wife and I are both feeling mixture of anger and sadness over this. I know from being laid off twice before uh, that through through time, the pain and shock will wear off, but it helps to have people with you along the way. I know, I also know, I'm sorry, that now, nowadays, knowing people is often more important than just sending out a resume. So I'm looking to squad up with anyone who works in the Portland, Oregon area, knows someone working in the Portland, Oregon area, or has a company that needs remote work done. I'm looking for something in higher level customer support, customer success, software implementation, or web design. I'm trying to connect with a few people, mostly on, he had a whole bunch, but I'm just simplifying, because I find when you give too many links, it doesn't work. Yeah. Facebook. If you want to find Kevin on Facebook, it's Kevin Gara, G-A-R-A, all one word on Facebook. Facebook. Please send me a message uh, on any of those networks if you know of anyone I should talk to in the Portland area and beyond. Beyond! Uh, in those types of industries. Also, send me a message if you're looking for work. You never know who other people know, and Portland is a well-connected city. Thanks for reading, Greg. I'm really sorry about the sudden news, Imran. And I hope you are doing well otherwise. Thank you again. Well, now you got a, you got a job and you got to come here a lot, so you're doing <laughs> fine. He's doing fine. Don't worry about him. Um, if you want to connect with Kevin in the Portland, Oregon area and do some work, Kevin Gara on Facebook. Uh, now it's time for You're Wrong. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. 
on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe boars and double zero says frostbite was made by dice uh for all of the modern battlefield games three on sometimes they, yeah they didn't make it i i know ea has said they kind of want to pull away from dice or not dice uh from frostbite in general so maybe it's like the engine is like maybe they'll pull away from it too maybe yeah. they'll work on it better but that that should never have been an engine that everything like runs on. <laughs> put it all on there it'll be great uh tommy boy writes in and says hey guys uh imran i've played battlefield battle royale and it's terrible <laughs> also the private matches are known as rsp rent a server program still isn't live oh i'm sorry also the private matches known as rsp still isn't live okay um, Ill Grill Chill says the, the new date today that are out today. Tetris 99's latest Maximus, Maximus Cup is now live. Oh, yeah, there's a Fire Emblem uh, theme connected right. to it. Yeah, uh, the in game competition kicks off today, August 23rd through the 27th, where players can get a limited edition Fire Emblem Three Houses skin. And then Nanobiologist says Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still considered canon. There's no official uh, statement from Kevin Feige uh, saying the TV shows aren't canon, even though they kind of ignore each other. Yeah. He like rolls his eyes every time somebody talks about it. They're not canon, everybody. Let it go. All right? Nothing's going to happen. Because it's a good show. I like it. I enjoy it. And Clark Gregg should be in the movies again. Yeah. That he was, was the, in, uh, what was it, Captain Marvel. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But he should have a bigger role in those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I never, I still don't understand. People have tried to explain it to me. So I was like, he died, but he's not dead and he's not a clone, but he, Tahiti or something. I don't know. Yeah. You should, you should watch the first season. Seems like a lot of work. It is a lot. It's on Netflix. <sighs> Just yeah, too many games to play. Yeah, games to play. Put division on one monitor and Agents of Steel on the other. Oh, you know me well. Oh, yeah, you know me well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of funny. Games Daily with your brand new co-host Imran Khan. Yay! <laughs> do you appreciate that I change the pronunciation of your name every time? Sometimes I do Imran, but I know it's Imran. But it's yes. just I got to train myself to say Imran. So here's the thing: sophomore year of high school geometry class was the moment I stopped caring because my. You've te- told me before because yes. I've, I've apologized. You're like, dude, I just don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. So my like my geometry teacher, she would get mad when I corrected her on it. I'm like, just fuck it, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's long, I'm in the ballpark. As long as you get the I M R and the N in there, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah, okay. Like I understand what you're saying. You're not confusing me with the prime minister of Pakistan. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Let's talk about hosts next week. Uh, it's gonna be Monday. Me and Tim. Tuesday, Andrew and Fran. Wednesday. Wednesday, Greg and Gary. Thursday and Friday are Tim and question marks. Because last night, when or yesterday afternoon, I guess, Fran was like, you know what? I'm going to go to PAX. And I was like, yes, let's party at PAX. And then I was like, wait, I have you hosting the shows with Tim. <laughs> Fuck. You're going to be at PAX. I'm going to be at PAX. Andrew's going to be at PAX. Barry Courtney won't be at PAX. But we'll see. We'll see who we, who we get in here for uh, Tim Gettys over here. Uh, then it's also worth pointing out that Gamescast next week will be on Wednesday, August 28th at 2 p.m. You can watch live on patreon.com slash games. It'll be Tim, myself, Fran, and Imran. His first Gamescast as a kind of funny co-host. We're very excited. Um, also worth pointing out that if you're a patron right now, you can go get this week's Gamecast early, kinda. We had to cut out the uh, initial first part of the show because it's a big review that you won't can't see until Monday. So... <laughs> That's how we double dip. Mm-hmm. You can go to Patreon, get the pre and post show, get it all ad free and stuff, but you still got to tune in or listen on Monday to find out what I'm reviewing and what I'm saying. It's going to be good. Yeah. You want to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>